Reading this new week in God's Word, and we're in Deuteronomy chapter 19. Now, here's the beauty of reading an entire book of the Bible is we get the context and we can look and see, you know, the order and way things are, are listed here. So I want you to go back a couple of chapters and just think about how God talked a whole lot, first of all, about his relationship with his people, their worship life, them not having any other gods before him. Uh, they're keeping that rhythm of the Sabbath day. He's really focusing on that first table of the law, those first three commandments, know the gods before me, don't take my name in vain, and remember the Sabbath day uh, is really key. Now when we get to chapter 19, um, in the order of those things too, when, we, when we, uh, uh, we need to get those things right first because we can't get the rest of it right unless we, we're right with God and, and we're in relationship with him. And out of that relationship with him comes all these things. So again, go back to Genesis. Uh, God created Adam and Eve. He placed them in the gardens. He gave them that responsibility. He told them there's one tree that they can eat from. He called for them. He made a covenant with them. He said, I will provide everything that you need. Um, here's your role. Here's your job. Trust me. Believe in me. Follow what I say to do. And then... Um, uh, and he gave that command. Um, and then in the Ten Commandments, they start that way too. And then after that comes in our relationship with other people. And now we get to chapter 19. And here's in that relationship with other people. God is a God of order. He, and the only way we can have order is to have laws, to have boundaries that said there are certain activities. Think of laws as like a curb. The curb is there to keep is to keep your car from going beyond that. Um, there are curbs in our life too. And the way we treat people, what we can do to people, with the, how the way we treat property. And we'll get both of those things uh, in this chapter in particular. And think of it this way. It, it means that God loves life and, and he wants us to see the great blessingness of life when, when we care for one another, when we're not trying to kill each other, when we don't take out our anger, when we think before we act um, and, and things like that. And then the great God also loves property. He loves to give things to us. We've been reading all along uh, in Exodus or in, in Deuteronomy about God wanting to give that inheritance of land to his people as a gift to them. God wants that. God God loves property. He wants us to love property. But unfortunately, because of our sin, we get, in, we get into sometimes taking property or misusing our property, not being stewards, good stewards of what we have, starting to covet and want what everybody else has. And that only leads to one place. That leads us to be miserable. It causes us to do things that are going to be hateful and hurtful to other people. And, and you can see the example of that yet, uh, yet today. So chapter 19 starts out with, first of all, life is precious to God. And therefore, God wants to protect life to the ultimate. So he starts out by saying, you need to set up, the, set up these cities of refuge. And he makes a difference between when someone is killed unintentionally, when it wasn't the intent, and, and uh, also notice that it's not only um, unintentional, but, but the other side would be to kill somebody because you hate them, and it's your intent to take their life. Now, isn't it interesting? If you scoot ahead to the New Testament, Jesus says this when they ask him about commandments. He says, you have heard, thou shalt not kill, but I tell you, anybody who hates his brother in his heart, notice the words, has already committed murder. Why? Because hate is going to lead to that action. We need to we need to get at the uh, the source of that, and, and we need to do the opposite of hating. Jesus gave us a great example of that, right? He certainly had many people in his life he could have hated. Uh, the thief on the cross next to him, all those who put him on the cross, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He shows love. Um, and, and in that, uh, uh, we receive a great gift from him because of that act of love for us. So notice if a person does it unintentionally, they're to have these uh, cities of refuge. And the, the cities of refuge were probably kind of a picture to them too, to remind them every day of how God, God gives cities of refuge for us. I'm a sinner. I confess to God that I've done wrong. Um, I deserve to die because of that. 
but God has given me the city of refuge in the forgiveness of sins and ultimately uh, and through the church uh, coming through uh, um, you know coming to the message of the church uh, in the Lord's Supper in my baptism he gives me those gifts too um, that's that's our cities of refuge and obviously the ultimate city of refuge is that city of peace remember that's what Jerusalem means city of peace uh, and that's in that's in heaven but of course if someone does it because they hate them um, then it should be a life for a life. Um, we're to value life so greatly that if it's someone takes another person's life in hate intentionally, we give the we uh, give the ultimate punishment that we can. It's not hateful to do that. It actually shows that we love life and we value the life that's been lost, and and we want to deter them. Um, and notice uh, how he, he summarizes that. Um, uh, in, at the end of the chapter, we'll get to that in just a second. Then after that, starting in verse 14, in verse 14, he shows his love for property, uh, that we're not moving landmarks. We recognize the fact that any property we have really came to God, came from God to us as a gift to God, and we're to respect, honor, and, and uh, others' property too. And then it, when it comes to when these disputes are brought, of course, uh, we need more than one witnesses. We need two or three witnesses. That's to verify that case. And then, um, uh, then uh, that that uh, that things might be done justly because that's the way that God does things justly with us. And then he ends the chapter with um, uh, uh, by saying, "Why do you do this?" He says, "And the rest shall hear and fear when they see punishment taken out on uh, uh, people who bring a, an accusation and isn't true, or someone who commits murder because of because they hated them. Uh, they shall never again commit in, commit any such evil among you. It's to be in a deterrent. Punishment for crime is to be a deterrent to stop those things from happening. And then notice that that the punishment always is uh, e is equal to the crime. That's what he means by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Actually restricting us. If we were to go by our when we Try to take revenge or when we take revenge we usually do much more than whatever a person has done to us this is too restricted it's really a loving thing uh, to do and jesus quotes that in the uh, in the new testament too except he says that's the way government works but you and i are called to a higher standard as a christian that's what jesus means when he said you have heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but i say to you christian those who know me those who know how you've been forgiven by the grace of god totally those who know how much we've sinned and, how, and what we deserve, we act in different ways as Christians within the church. We act in ways of love and forgiveness, just in the way God has acted towards us. So uh, God bless you as you get into that word uh, for today in, uh, in Deuteronomy 19.